Hello everyone, uh, I'm Pallavi. I'm co-faculty at the Hindu University of America teaching Sanskritam. Today we have with us uh, Chandrasekhar uh, Raghuji, Director of Sanskritam and Language Studies at HUA. Uh, Chandrasekhar Mahoday has a long career in the IT industry for about 40 years and retired this January to devote his full time to the spread of beautiful Indian languages. He's a Sanskrit scholar and um, he's a founder of Arsha Vidya Bharti, a nonprofit organization. And he has been having, I think, more than 30 years of experience in teaching Sanskritam. So, welcome, Chandraji. We are really happy to have you here. Namaste, Pallaviji. Dhanyavadaha. It's my pleasure to join you here today and talk about all the things exciting at the Hindu University of America. Go ahead and, uh, you know, I'm sure you have some questions. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm actually very excited to know uh, to learn more about it. And uh, I'm sure we are going to have an insightful talk today about Sanskritam and uh, the benefits of this language, if I may use this word. So, uh, Chandraji, my, my basic uh, question is, as a student of Sanskritam, uh, we have been taught in school, Bhasha Sumukhya Madhura Divya Girvana Bharati, which means in all the languages, the main language is Sanskritam, which is sweet, divine. And it is also called Deva Bhasha, so which means language of gods. But uh, when I see around you know, nowadays, uh, what I see is this language has uh, got only limited to puja or only for the prayers. And, um, and or, or I would say it has become a language of a religion. And there's a very small minority of people who can actually converse in Sanskritam. And overall, if you see there is a kind of a disinterest, kind of a, you know, uh, indifferent attitude, if I can say so, uh, towards this language. So when I when I notice all this happening around me, uh, there's one question that arises in my mind is, um, is Sanskritam really relevant in this era? I mean, uh, I mean, how how the humanity will really get benefited by learning Sanskritam? I mean, if you can just right. help. Yeah. yeah, very good questions. Very good questions. You know, we just have to be uh, really careful in how we are expressing things here. Uh, it is it is definitely not just the language of the rituals, prayers, or religion. You know, if you look at, uh, for example, yoga, it's a trillion dollar industry today. And the very basis of yoga is the yoga shastram written in Sanskritam. So it is it is not just yoga. It is there in Ayurveda in terms of healthcare. It is there in aeronautics. It is there in astrology. It is there in astronomy. So take any walk of life. It is there. The Sanskritam basis is there. So we can hardly say this is a dead language or it is not, uh, you know, it is not being used effectively. You know, it is not like that at all. Of course, rituals and prayers and religion, they're all important. They all uh, have the ultimate goal of making the human being a better person in their life. Uh, but if you take any subject out there, you know, known to humanity, it is written in its original form in Sanskritam only. And, and Sanskritam has more texts. You know, if you just Google, you will find it has got more texts in science and literature than any any other religion out there or any other 
language out there than about religion as it is. You know, okay. religious works are there, but then the science, the technology, and the literature uh, works in Sanskritam far mm -hmm. exceed how many are there in religion. You know, mm -hmm. it is uh, it is just making us all better human beings as we progress through the various phases of life. That is the whole, uh, you know, essence of Sanskritam. And of course, it is also the mother of, you know, so many other languages, especially those originating from India. And then secondly, we also need to look at the uh, the sound arrangement within Sanskritam. Mm -hmm. You know, it is probably the only language which has a very, very systematic arrangement of sounds. You know, we call it the Dhwani, Dhwani He, yeah, in Sanskritam. Yeah. It, is, it is very much a Dhwani-based language, phonetic language, in other words. Mm -hmm. And the Maharshi uh, Panini, you know, the great grammarian in Sanskritam, you know, he, he has got his work by name Ashtadhyayi. It only has eight chapters. He has explained in detail about the place of origin of the various sounds and letters, you know, that are pronounced in Sanskritam, the internal and external efforts that are required to produce the sounds, the, the resonance of the sounds, the breath that is used to pronounce some of them, because mm -hmm. some, some letters are aspirated, others are not so much aspirated. And uh, why the vowels are called as swaraha, you know, sounds ultimately, you know, to the very, you know, if you look at the very depth of sounds, they are nothing but the vibrations at different frequencies, which have a great impact on our physical body and hence the importance of mantra ucharanam and also reciting it correctly to enjoy the benefits of it. You know, a lot of us do recite, uh, you know, Sanskrit verses and shlokas mm -hmm. uh, without even understanding the meaning behind it or even the correct way to pronounce it. Yeah. And on the other hand, if you listen to somebody reciting these things, you know, in, a, in the correct way, then you have some kind of thing going on within your body. You know, the vibrations cause, uh, you know, certain positive, you know, effects in your mind and your physical body. So that is the, uh, you know, the straight benefit that comes out of that, uh, you know, the phonetic based language. Okay. And then as a third aspect, you know, I wanted to focus a little bit on the context specificness of the Sanskritam language. You know, Sanskritam is uh, commonly perceived as a very difficult lang language to learn, yeah. you know, but it is actually not so really. You know, the reason for this wrong perception is that it has a much bigger and vast vocabulary than any other language out there in the world. You know, I'll just take one example, you know, for, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the word uh, fire in English. You know, there is a, there's a word Agni, Agnihi, mm -hmm. we say Agni, yeah, in Sanskritam. But uh, it is not the only word for fire in Sanskritam. Right? There are as many as 34 words describing fire. They all have a little bit of a subtle difference in the, uh, in the meaning. You know, if you, if you look at uh, an extensive dictionary, you know, like the Amarakosha, Mm -hmm. You know, you find words like Vaishwararaha is another name for fire. You know, in fact, the Bhagavad Gita, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, Bhagavan Sri Krishna says, I am the Vaishwanara fire in your stomach, digesting all the food that you eat. So Vaishwanara is the fire in the, in the stomach that is digesting all our food. And then there is a Vanhihi or Vahnihi. You know, if, if you take that word, you know, that is more like the forest fire, which destroyed, uh, destroys a lot of things. And then you have pavakaha. Pavakaha means one that is very sacred. Yeah, one that makes things sacri you know, sac uh, you know, sacred is pavakaha. And then there's another word called analaha. 
Analaha means that which never says enough. You know, alam in Sanskrit means enough. Analaha means that which never is satisfied, never says it is enough. In other words, it can burn anything that comes, you know, its way. Okay. So look at the beauty of this. You know, it's only one meaning fire in English. But you have all these varieties of uh, words describing fire. Okay. So as many as 34 are there. You know, the reason for this kind of, uh, you know, level of vocabulary is that, you know, Sanskritam is not object specific, but it is more a context specific language. You know, which means, you know, the word Agni, you know, has come from the root Ag. And Ag means to go upwards. You know, one of the properties of the fire is that the flames are always turned upwards. Whichever be, you know, it, it may be a small lamp fire. It may be the forest fire. It is always pointing, the flames are pointing towards, you know, towards above, towards upwards. So that is the very basis of this Agni word. Okay. So if you see here, you know, every synonym talks about uh, different properties of the fire. And that is why I say it is a very, very context specific language. And then fourthly, but not the, the least here, you know, that is the uh, capacity to create new words. You know, of course, we live in an era of, uh, you know, science and technology. There are new devices and new technologies emerging every day. Uh, so naturally, the question arises, you know, is Sanskritam so old, such an ancient language that it doesn't have the capacity to create new words, you know, that we can term, you know, in line with the modern technology or modern words, you know, but it is a, uh, you know, it is it, the answer is a very clear yes. The only thing is you don't have to stick to anybody else saying this is the terminology for this particular technology. You can make your own words depending on what you how you perceive that technology to be. Okay. But for example, you know, I'll just tell you one example here. You know, there is a verbal root called gum. Gum means you know to to reach or to go. You know, normally it is a you know, used as to for go, but it is also stand. It also stands for reach, reaching a destination. Hmm. So gum is the dhatu. From there comes gata. Gata means something that has gone, something that is gone already. You know, and then depending on whether the uh, you know the thing that is gone is a masculine or feminine or neutral, it can be gataha, gata, gatam. And then you have gati. Gati is the actual you know, the movement or the course of something or the goal of something, you know, that is your gati. And then you have gantrika. Gantrika is a, is a cart that goes somewhere. And then you have finally gamanam. Gamanam means what? Gamanam is actually, you know, the act of going or the departure. Okay, that is gamanam. And suppose you want to say this is some something that should be reached. Okay, something that should be gone to or something that should be reached. Then you have an alternative expression, gantavyam. So from gum, all of these expressions are made up. You know, it is only one verbal root. And from there you have all these expressions, you know, coming coming forth. And uh, and you are you're welcome to add more, you know, complex, more complicated or more compound words combining with other words. Maybe there is a prefix, maybe there is a suffix. With all that, you make it makes a lot of sense. You've already formed, you know, something like 20 words very, very quickly. So, what I'm trying to say here in summary is that this is just not uh, it's not another language out there. It is the largest and the deepest ocean of knowledge. 
you know, even after 30 years of uh, teaching this language, I'm learning a whole lot every day. No, it is not learning and never stops with this language. It is an entire lifetime is just not enough. You know, it is something that exciting. It always opens up new doors for you as you mature to certain levels. The study of this language will open a new pathway to reach the hidden treasures that have been left to us so graciously by all our ancestors. You know, you can, you can understand the true culture of India, Bharatam, only by learning Sanskritam. There's also a lot of humor in Sanskritam to make the learning process fun and entertaining. Maybe we will talk about that, uh, you know, later in another episode. There's a lot of things that are very humorously said in Sanskritam, but while, uh, you know, at the same time, they also communicate uh, a very important message to humanity. Okay. Oh, that, that, that's uh, really amazing, Chandraji. I mean, because usually there are a lot of uh, misconceptions people do have about uh, Sanskritam. I mean, I, even I have come across many people. So uh, I, after listening to you, even even now, I, I think I will be able to help others also no, to clear their understanding or misunderstandings about Sanskritam. Definitely. That was really helpful. And uh, you know, uh, after listening to you, there's something coming in my mind. So... Vina Vedam Vina Gitam Vina Rama Yanin Katham Vina Kavi Kalidasam Bharatam Bharatam Nahi. So, on the lines of this, now it, what comes into my mind is uh, Vina Sanskritam Asmakam Jeevanam Jeevanam Nahi. So, Dhanyava Chandraji, Dhanyava Dhanyava, this was really helpful. So, uh, and I, I really look forward. We, in our second episode, definitely we will talk more about it. Yeah. Thank you very so much. So this, uh, this little uh, sambhashanam today has been very good. Punareka varam dhanyavadaha pallavi mahodaya jayatu sanskutam jayatu manukulam.